We are on Yevamos Kufiyud, Dalad Oman Aleph 114a, as we continue on in this interesting discussion about when are we required to prevent a child, a, a child under the age of 12 or 13, uh, to prevent them from violating the commandments. Are we required at all? And uh, so far we presented uh, two different positions. Uh, one says that Bezim Mitzuvin Lafrisho, that they, we are obligated to make sure that uh, they do not violate commandments. If we see a child, whatever the case is, violate Shabbos or um, about to eat something which they're not allowed to eat, that it's not kosher, uh, so then there is an obligation. That there, there's one position says that there is an obligation, and the other position says that there isn't. According to the position that says that there is no obligation, uh, then uh, he agrees that if it's osa aldas aviv, if the child knows that this is what the father wants, this is what you know the adult wants, uh, so then there is a prohibition. He would agree that there is a prohibition. Um, and we also pointed out that even the position that says that we are required to stop the child, that's only by biblical commandments and it does not apply to the rabbinic commandments. Um, just in general, before we continue on in the Gemara, there's just a general question of chinuch, uh, of an obligation to educate a child. Um, and so there are different there are different positions. Uh, some say that, besides for this, this is just talking about the community at large, if they see a child do, uh, violating the Torah. But for parents, everybody agrees that uh, the father, at least, maybe perhaps also the mother, has an obligation to educate uh, the child. That is definitely a position that's out there. And there are other positions that say that, no, there's no independent obligation on the parents. It really applies to the community as a whole. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, either as a community as a whole, either, but there might be certain limitations depending on a certain age. Once they're ready to uh, understand the concept of mitzvahs, perhaps, uh, or maybe it's just for the positive commandments. But either way, there's this other position that says that the mitzvah of chinuch, this mitzvah of educating children, is not limited to the parents, but it really applies uh, to everybody. It just happens to be that the parents are probably the most uh, obvious choice because the children are living with the parents. So it makes uh, the most sense that the, that the parents will be the one who educates the children, although today it's probably uh, in addition to the school system and their teachers that they uh, that they have. Um, uh, but uh, there is this question as to whether or not uh, the obligation of educating them, does it apply uh, specifically to the parents or does it apply to everybody, to the entire community? Okay, so now we're continuing with our back and forth, trying to bring proofs one way or the other, just to that, again, to the to the question of if you see the child uh, doing something wrong, do you have to stop them? So we have the following price of Tashma. Yonek tinok v'holech me'ovedes kochavim umibehema t'meya ve'ein choshishin uh, so we have a case here where you have a baby and we say that the baby can nurse from a non-Jew or from a non-kosher animal. Now, anything that comes from a non-kosher animal is also viewed, this is the law, is viewed as non-kosher. Anything that comes out of a non-kosher animal is viewed as not kosher. Um, so if you milk from a non-kosher animal, uh, the milk is not kosher. Uh, so uh, that would be viewed as non-kosher, but we say the baby could do this. Um, and even from the non-Jew, 
even though we, we put together the non-Jew and a non-kosher animal, um, most, the vast majority of commentators say that to, to nurse from a non-Jew, for a baby to nurse from a non-Jew, is not a prohibition. It's just uh, highly recommended not to do so. Uh, we have the example of Moshe. Moshe himself, he uh, the Medrash tells us that um, he refused to be nursed by any of the Egyptians, and so they had to return Moshe back to his family um, because uh, there's a certain amount of uh, spiritual impurity involved that uh, will impact Moshe. And so we also, we highly recommend not doing so. So it's not necessarily that there's a prohibition. There, there are, there's a minority opinion that says that there is a prohibition from the fact that uh, the Gemara sort of puts the two together. But uh, the vast majority are of the opinion that there is no such prohibition. And we're not concerned, we're not concerned, so going back to the price, so we're not concerned if this baby is nursing also from the from the non-kosher animal. Um, now, we cannot uh, actively give them things that are not kosher, but this is what the baby does on its own. This is what the child, the, the young child does on its own, on his own, or her own. Um, and then it says, it concludes by saying that you could even do this on Shabbos. Uh, they could even do this on Shabbos. And then the Gemara says, but when it comes to an adult, and for an adult... Uh, it would be a prohibition to do this on Shabbos. Abishal Omer no hagin hayinu shiyonkim mi behemet tahor biyamtiv. Abishal says no. We find that uh, you could even um, nurse from an animal, uh, from a from a kosher animal, on the holiday. So while you can't necessarily do this uh, on Shabbos, he says that you could do it on yamtiv. You could do it on the holiday. And why do we make a distinction between Shabbos and the holiday is something that the Gemara will deal with in a few lines. But right now, the Gemara is really just focusing on the beginning part. Right now, the beginning part says that if the baby goes on its own, really as a child, it probably has to be able to walk, <coughs> toddler goes on its own and it nurses from a non-Jewish um, a woman or from a non-kosher animal, it's fine. We don't have to stop them. We can't do it for them. We can't actively give them non-kosher. But if they did it on their own, it's fine. It's seemingly it's fine. So the Gemara says, I'm not saying, Kitani Mia ain't Hoshishim Bionic Shekets. We're not concerned. This seems to imply that we don't have to stop them. So the Gemara says, No, Haslam Mishim Sakana. Over there, the only reason why we don't stop them is because it's a Sakana. It's a dangerous situation for the child. It's a very dangerous situation for the child. So the Gemara says, Iahachi Gadol Nami. The Bryce has said that uh, an adult is not allowed to do this. So why can't, if it's, a, if it's a really dangerous situation, there's nobody else around, and it's a dangerous situation, they're starving, so that even adults should be able to, um, you know, uh, get milk from milking a cow, uh, and uh, even if it's a non-kosher animal, to get milk from a cow. Uh, so they, they should be able to do that also. So the Gemara says, no, Godol bay umdina, katan nami li bay umdina, amravuhuna breidu vishua, stam tinog musukin etel chalav, that the distinction is, is that when it comes to an adult, you have to really because an adult is healthier, they are, um, they're healthier and uh, physically they've developed already, and so therefore, uh, our threshold for danger is is greater, um, and we have to really assess the situation to make sure that it's really a dangerous situation. So even though for a a young a toddler, um, we we say that we we will come to the conclusion that this is. Uh, a dangerous situation a lot faster and we'll just we won't even 
um, try to figure it out. We just we see that something's a little bit off. We'll be very concerned when it comes to young children. So we'll say, oh, the only milk that's around, that's available is milk that comes from a non-Jewish uh, woman or whether it's uh, uh, from, a, from a non-kosher animal. Either way, we'll say, you go ahead and drink it. But when it comes to an adult, e- even if they look, the, they, they have the same uh, symptoms <coughs> as the young toddler, but we will be more hesitant to give it to them. We'll really try to assess the situation to see how sick are they because they're healthier. In general, they're healthier. And so therefore, we won't be uh, so fast to give them this non-kosher milk. Okay, so that essentially is the Gemara's answer. So the Gemara basically initially thought we could bring proof from here that, oh, we let the, we let the toddler drink uh, milk from a non-kosher animal. And the answer is no. Uh, we don't, we don't, the, the case there is, uh, is a case of, of real sakana, of real danger, uh, for the baby, and so therefore that's why we allow it. But if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't a situation of danger, we wouldn't allow it. Perhaps, perhaps we would, be, we would be obligated to stop them. The Gemara now goes on a very short tangent about the distinction between Yom Tov and Shabbos, because we had the position of Abishol who said that um, uh, even though you cannot uh, uh, nurse on Shabbos, but uh, this baby could nurse on Yom Tov. And what's the difference? Hechi dami, idik if it's Shabbos, so then because it's a dangerous situation, it should be allowed. And if it's, if if it's if it's sorry, if it's a dangerous situation, even on Shabbos, it should be allowed uh, to do it. But if it's uh, not a dangerous situation, so then even on Yom Tov during the holidays, it should not be allowed. Why? What exactly is the prohibition of nursing on Shabbos or on Yom Tov? What would be the potential problem here? So the problem would be, it's really not simple. Uh, but we know that there are 39 different categories of forbidden activity on Shabbos. And so it fits within one of them. The question is just which one does it fit under? So according to the vast majority of opinions, it fits under dush, which refers to as dush, which is basically to remove the liquid from the original source. To remove it or, or, or from from within, to take it from within and bring it out. And, and so that's what's happening when when nursing occurs. So that happens. And so that would be the pro, the problem. Other opinions are that it's memachic, specifically for an animal, uh, because it's mamachic is smoothing smoothing out, uh, and so within the process of milking the animal, you sort of smooth that you smooth the the skin off and, and out, and so that you make it a lot smoother. That might be a potential prohibition. Another option is kotzer. Kotzer is a different uh, one of the thirty nine categories, and that's basically cutting off uh, something from its source of nourishment, from its life source, <coughs> and so then perhaps. Uh, also here too, when you're milking or nursing, it removes the milk from its life source, from, from the mother, and so that itself would also be a, a prohibition. Either way, the Gemara is asking, what's the difference between Shabbos and the holidays? If it's really a prohibition, and it's not a case of danger, it should be a, pro- a prohibition even on, on the holiday. And if, the, if, it, if we're discussing a case of danger, it should also be allowed on Shabbos. So the Gemara answers, no, lo tshricha, de'ikotzara, when it comes to the prohibitions on Shabbos and Yom Tov, we know that on Shabbos, uh, if you violate uh, Shabbos, it's more, it has a more severe punishment, a punishment of kares. Um, and when it comes to the holidays, it's just a normal negative commandment. And so therefore, the stringencies are greater by Shabbos. Over here, it's not a case of danger, but it's really a case of pain. So it's, it's really pain. According to some, perhaps it's pain for the mother, that the mother has to nurse. 
or pain for the for the baby. Not that it's we're not dealing with a life threatening situation, but uh, but it, it's a painful situation. And so therefore, here because uh, you are you are milking or nursing, and this is not the normal way to violate the prohibition, right? To to violate the commandment. Uh, this is not the normal way. Whatever the, exactly the prohibition is, it's not. This is not the normal way. This, so therefore, it's already uh, a notch down. So then, in a situation of pain, we will allow it. But but because on Yom Tov during the holidays we are more lenient uh, than on Shabbos with regards to the punishment. So then here too, we will only allow it for the holidays, but not for Shabbos. Now it's important to point out that uh, other there's another Gemara which seems to contradict this. And uh, we follow really the other Gemara. The Gemara really says, or maybe there's a way to, uh, uh, to, to, to explain that we're dealing with different situations between the two different Gemaras. But in the end of the day, we say that uh, certainly uh, you're uh, a baby, just a baby and his mother, they're allowed to, you're allowed to nurse to give to the baby because it's necessary. And the baby is, uh, is somebody who is halakhically defined as sick uh, because they're just uh, so young. Um, but if the if the mother wants to nurse because she has to nurse, but uh, what we refer to as liiba that uh, just because it's painful for her, she has too much milk, and the baby doesn't need it, so then the only way to nurse on Shabbos is really you have to you have to let it go to waste. It has to go to waste uh, in order for her to to nurse again. This is not for the baby, but just to to, to release milk. Um, so then she would have to have it go to waste. Okay. So that was really just a side topic. The main point here was that, oh, we see that the baby's allowed to, this young toddler is allowed to drink milk uh, from a non-kosher animal. The answer is no. That situation was really a case of danger. That's really, that's really what the Gemara is saying. The Gemara now <clears throat> uh, will bring three sources in the Torah, seemingly on a, on a, from the Torah, that says that we are commanded to make sure that the child doesn't uh, violate the Torah. So we'll bring three different sources and the Gemara each time will answer the case that we're dealing with here is not where the child on his own or her own is violating the Torah and we have to stop them. No. The way to explain those three cases is where you are actively giving it to them. You are you are the one who's causing them to violate uh, the Torah. So in those situations, we will come to the conclusion that everybody agrees. Everybody agrees that you cannot actively give it to them to violate the Torah. So let's see these three situations and these three situations, these three psukim, will then be a rule for the rest of the Torah as well. But what are these three cases? Tashma. Lo sachilim kisheketim. Lo sachilom. Lahazer agdolim alektanim. So the first verse is discussing uh, insects, non-kosher animals. And because of an extra word, uh, the rabbis expounded upon this and said that it's there to teach us that we have to prevent of the child from eating insects. My love, number Luhu, isn't it a case where you have to stop them? The more answer is no. The case is lo de lo You cannot give it to them. You cannot, uh, on your own, give them these insects to eat. That's what's not allowed. So you cannot give it to them. Next case, Tashma, Kol Nefesh Mikem Lo Sochadam Lahazir Hagdolam Alekhtanim. This is referring to this verse is talking about the fact that you're not allowed to eat blood. And there's also an extra word to teach you that um, they expand upon this to say that you can't. Uh, this also applies to children. My love, damer lehu, lo tzochlu lo lo delo lisulibi adaim. Isn't the case where uh, you are uh, commanded that that uh, from a Torah level you're commanded to stop and, and the child from eating blood? 
The Gemara answers, no, it means that you cannot go ahead and actively give the child blood. That's what it's referring to. And finally, the last case, Toshma and Morva Marta, the verse is in the context of Kohanim. A Kohen is not allowed to come in contact with a, with a, somebody who, who passed away, with a, uh, somebody who, a body, uh, a corpse uh, that's dead uh, 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 from a person. Uh, so the extra word is also Lahazar Gdolam Alekthanim. This is to include the fact that you are overseeing the children. My love, Amalu Lotzitamu, isn't the case referring to a case where the child is wandering on his own uh, by a cemetery? The case is no, you cannot actively bring the child to the cemetery. For, so for all three cases, uh, we say that you're not allowed to actively go ahead and uh, and do this. And some of the commentators explain that the reason why there's a prohibition here, even though um, this position is, uh, according to this understanding, you don't have to stop the child, but you also cannot actively go ahead and uh, give, the, uh, give the child non-kosher food, whether it's blood or insects, any non-kosher food. The reason for it is because it's really so that they don't become used to it. According to some of the commentators, it's, it's so that they don't become used to it, used to eating this or used to doing this activity, which is not allowed, because then they'll end up doing it when they become an adult. So you cannot actively give it to them, but if they do it on their own, you don't necessarily have to stop them. So the Gemara just points out, why do we need three verses for this? This will now apply to the rest of the Torah as well. It's not limited to these three cases. So why do I need to have all three psukim, all three verses of the Tricha? So we explain. Diash, turning the page, Shkatsim, Mishim, Yisur, and B'mashehu. Avodam, Da'ad, Ikrevis. Emelo. There's a certain stringency when it comes to insects. Uh, because insects, let's say, the size uh, for eating it how much you have to eat is a very small amount in order for it to be not allowed. When it comes to blood, you need a larger amount. You need to have a revius, uh, which is a larger amount. So then maybe it's limited to the certain stringencies that apply to an insect. So that's why we need both cases. And if I only told me, told me about blood, blood is more stringent because anybody who drinks blood, that's a severe uh, punishment. It's not a regular, normal negative commandment. It has the, prohibi- it has the punishment of kares, of an early death. So maybe it won't extend to the case of shratzim, of insects. And if I had the first two cases of blood and insects, well, those are cases which apply to all Jews. But tuma, but uh, impurity, becoming impure as a Kohen, I would say maybe it doesn't apply because that's limited to Kohanim. And if I only had Kohanim, Kohanim, shiny mishim if I only had the verse about Kohanim and the fact that uh, Kohanim cannot uh, cause a child, they cannot actively bring a child to a cemetery, I might have thought it's limited to that case because Kohanim have many stringencies. But maybe for all other cases that are not limited to Kohanim, maybe you would be allowed to do this. So that's why we need the first two cases. The first two cases. So between all three cases, in the end of the day, it, it solves uh, all the stringencies that apply to 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 one versus the other. So we need all three cases, and then we can extend that to the rest of the Torah to tell you that in the end of the day, you cannot actively go ahead and cause the child to violate the Torah. Whether or not you could stop, you have to have an obligation to stop them is a matter, it's a dispute. But to actively go ahead, that everybody agrees that you are not allowed to do that. Which is parallel, which is also why if the child knows that this is what the father wants, you also can't do it. And the child also can't do it because it's as if the father is asking the child to do it, even though the father doesn't actually verbalize it, but the child knows. And so therefore, it's equivalent
to the, to the father asking the child to do it. Okay, so that is that is really the case. The different cases, the back and forth for today. Uh, so we had a little bit on uh, on Shabbos and about milking and nursing on Shabbos, and uh, we couldn't bring a proof from there. And then we have these three different psukim, these two, three different verses, uh, and we said that you could understand them as referring to uh, just the fact that you're not allowed to actively give it to the child. And uh, we'll have the next for the next time. Uh, we'll finish and conclude this parak, this uh, short chapter. Uh, with why are we even discussing this? <laughs> Where did this come from, this whole discussion come from? It really comes from our Mishnah, and we'll see how it's connected to our Mishnah in the next uh, recording.